Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, assistant coach, University of Wisconsin, Eric Posgay. Eric, how's it going, man? Man, fired up to be here. I'm excited to uh, hop on the podcast. You guys have done such a great job and brought on so many distinguished guests, you know, recently that I'm humbled that you would even want me to be on it. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to pick your brain a little. You've, you've coached at some pretty cool places, worked with some great athletes. Um, I guess let's, let's start where you are right now. Give us the update. Is Wisconsin in the water right now? What's your summer look like? I know, you know, everyone's kind of been in a different boat. Um, but, but what have the past few months looked like for you? Yeah, you know, like a lot of other, you know, people right now, I think, you know, we have not been able to work with our undergraduates at all. Um, we're excited to hopefully have that opportunity here in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, right now there's no time frame on that. You know, I think our university kind of wants to safely bring the student body back first, you know, and then after that we'll, we'll find out. So, um, so our summer has pretty much just been working with our three postgraduate athletes um, who are going to continue at least for another year here to Olympic trial. So it's kind of been very low key for us. So. Yeah. Um, so that's, that sounds nice. I know you just went on a family vacation. How did that go? Oh, that's just craziness, man. That's like, you know, we get this beach house at the Outer Banks. It's 11 people in one house. It's my, my two young ones running around causing all sorts of chaos. You know, we have a couple dogs down there. So between the dogs and them, it's trying to corral everybody, you know. So that's what, that's what a family vacation is, man. It's a lot of corralling. So, um, and, you know, but it was fun. It was fun to see everybody. You know, we definitely take that for granted, you know, sometimes. And, and you know, being doing what we love to do and, definitely when you're around them, you realize that's something you can't take for granted. So it was a fun week. Yeah. Uh, so let's, you know, you, you came to Wisconsin from Penn State. Um, when, when Yuri got the job as head coach at Wisconsin, um, what was, you know, what, what convinced you to, to go down there and work with him? Oh, absolutely. You know, Yuri and I, Yuri and I have been friends for a long time. I mean, back when, you know, it was a young, you know, he had a, you know, a young Katie Ledecky and she was up and coming and, you know, I had G Ryan, so they were swimming the same events and, you know, we kind of connected long time ago with that kind of comparing, you know, notes on what we were doing and training and seeing each other at meets and kind of rooting for each other, you know, and um, so, you know, when he got the head coaching job, you know, at Wisconsin, you know, and we kind of began some preliminary discussions, I knew, you know, to have the opportunity to collaborate with him and, and, you know, he sold me on the vision that he had for Wisconsin and, you know, in terms of what he was trying to, you know, do there, you know, and, uh, you know, something I could not pass up on. So, yeah. So let's, let's bring it back to your North Baltimore days. Um, you, you, as you mentioned, you work with G Ryan. I know, um, I think you were involved with that, that postgraduate group that, yep. uh, was, you know, that Bowman had in like 2013, 2014, um, how, how did you end up at North Baltimore and, and tell me a little bit about the athletes you worked with and kind of how, how your time developed there? Yeah, you know, it was one of those where I was a head coach at Parkland Aquatic Club in Pennsylvania before that. And we had started taking a group of athletes down to North Baltimore's Christmas meet. And um, in the beginning, you know, you know, it was one of those where we weren't, you know, as established yet. So it took some time, you know, and eventually we started to have some, some really good success throughout up and down the program. And I think, 
you know, we definitely caught, you know, Bob's eye when, you know, he came back from Michigan. So, you know, when, uh, when Scott Armstrong left that, you know, that summer, um, you know, when he took his, you know, sabbatical year, you know, it was one of those where, you know, he's like, would you like to come down and, you know, we're going to have this group here going to the Olympic year. He's like, I think you can learn a lot, you know, working with me and working with them, you know, so it was one of those where it was an easy relocation because Baltimore is only about, was only about like three hours from where I live. So mm -hmm. that was a super easy relocation compared to what I've had recently. So that was an easy move. And it was just, you know, my, you know, my wife, you know, and I moving down there. So, um, you know, and then having that opportunity to work with, you know, not only the swimmers that NBAC had, you know, but, you know, obviously G, you know, G moved down as well. So, you know, and having the opportunity to have, you know, you know, you know, her in that group at the time, you know, was something that, you know, it, it was just a, you know, a win-win in, in a lot of different aspects. So. Yeah. Um, so again, that post-grad group, please, please add, add names, but there was Phelps at, at, at a point, uh, there was Connor Dwyer, a lot of freeze who, who is a, a Danish distance swimmer, uh, Yannick Agnel, the, the 200 free Olympic champion yeah. from France. Um, you know, there was, there were some heavy hitters. What the first practice you saw with that group, what was it like? Oh my, you know, it was, it was incredible. It was like nothing, you know, nothing I'd ever, you know, nothing I'd ever seen in terms of like what, what they were able to do, you know, workouts. Cause we had, you know, we had MP before that by, you know, and obviously Allison Schmidt, you mm -hmm. know, the things that they were doing, you know, leading up to 2012, I'd never seen before in workout. And now it's like, you, you know, you had Yanni and Connor in 2013, and then you have, you know, Lada as well coming over. And then, you, you know, you have Ost coming in the group and, you know, and Tom Luxinger, you know, and all these guys could just train at such a high level. Honestly, it was like, you cannot take a day off. Like if you took a day off or you were not feeling like you were at your best that day, it didn't even matter. I, you know, obviously Chase Kalish was in there as well. It's like, they were just, they would just go at each other. It was incredible. Like there were no days off, even on recovery days, they were competing. Like Bob would like, Bob would give these, these famous go at your own pace sets, which, you know, if you're a swimmer at NBAC, you know what that is. And basically it's like, it's supposed to be a recovery workout. Uh -huh. You know, you could go as slow as you want. There were no intervals on it. And these guys would not, you know, it ended up starting out that way, but then you'd have like Luxinger who was usually, you know, he would kind of start pushing it a little bit and then you'd have like some others that would do that. You know, obviously, you know, and then before you know it, it's like guys are like getting ripping through these like 7K workouts and now, you know, hour and 35 minutes and it should be taking them hour and 45, two hours, you know, <laughs> taking their time and working on technique. But it was even like on that, it was just, so it was just, that was the hard, that was the hardest part, I think, you know, for Bob and all of us to kind of grapple with when we'd set up these workouts was just like, you know, how do we give them recovery sessions and not have it turn into, you know, these are all ultra competitive individuals, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, did, did you write sets for them? And if so, was it like specific kind of work or was it a, a collaborate effort between you and Bob? What did, were there any workouts you ever were ever super proud of? Let me tell you about that. Let me first back that up. So, you know, when I first came to NBAC, Colm, this will be a funny story for you. You know, like in terms of like Bob and his mentorship and why it's important to have a mentor. Like I had some success with G and, you know, and, another summer, you know, they were on the junior pan pack team, the, you know, that summer before I came to Bob. And it's like, I felt like, okay. Like I felt like I actually kind of know something. Like I knew I didn't know a lot, but I felt like I knew something. And yeah. he's like, when he came down there initially, he's like, all right, you're not allowed to write any, you're not allowed to write any workouts until 
I know that you know how to do things, you know, my way. Basically, you're going to learn how to do it the NBAC way, the way that's produced. So there I am, not able to write any workouts, I, you know, for months. I'm not talking about a week, a month. And there I am, like, so it's like, you know, learning and watching Bob and why he's, you know, writing workouts the way it is. And, you know, and then it was like, all right, Bob, how do I, like, how do I, like, speed this up? Because that's what we all love to do. We all love the right workouts. How do I speed this up? He's like, he, like, hands me this, like, it's not even like a stack. It's like just like his Bob writes all his workouts and records all of them. And, and he hands me this like tub of workout pads, you know, <laughs> Coleman, where it's like just, a, I'm like, he's like, start looking through these. And I'm like, so I take these home and I start taking these pads home. And my wife's like, what are you doing? And it's like, cause I spent hours going through like, you know, Keenan Robinson, who was there as well. We used to call them the Dead Sea Scrolls. Cause it was like just, years of michael phelps and nbac workouts like from 1999 all the way through like 2010 his michigan years he's like so i'm like going through these i'm like writing notes down and like after i'd spent like a, literally a, a month where it was like eight hours a day on the weekends combing through the dead sea scrolls you know then finally it was like you know here you go you can start writing workouts for you know some of the distance ladies and then you know like when you go away like on trips you know, he'd say, all right, you know, like if he would go away on a speaking engagement, you know, you can go write workouts for Michael and Allison. He would establish some parameters like we mm -hmm. want to do 5K this day and it should be a threshold or it should be like quality. You know, we talked about it like that, but it was a, this gradual progression. It was like, you know, you know, which again was the blessing in disguise, Coleman. I, you know, I can't like I can't tell you as a young coach how valuable it was for him to make me learn kind of like a different language, like how to do it the MBAC way and the Bob Bowman way. So, mm -hmm. And so what, <laughs> was there ever a time when you did write a workout for them and you just totally botched it? Oh, all the time. You know, and, Mike, and Michael would know. Michael was great. MP was great, man. He would look at a workout and he'd be like, just know, you know, in terms of set-wise, oh, you didn't give us enough rest in that interval. Or, like, you know, he'd look at like 10 300s. I mean, he would do it, but he'd be like, you know, after the set, you could have done, you know, so it wasn't even like Bob, it was Michael. Michael would tell me if I had done a, you know, a good job writing the workout or not, because he was so intuitive, you know, in terms of what was a precise amount. And he like, like, I probably learned as much from Michael as I did from Bob was like the different, the value of like giving somebody an extra 10 seconds on like a repeat over 200 or like how much five seconds mattered and like a hundred repeat, and like how it's totally changed in terms of what you could hold and stuff like that. So I mean, there were sets, Coleman, like too many to even remember where it was just like when I was learning how to do it the NBAC way and give rest, you know, I was just, I, you know, when I had, when I was younger, I always thought, you know, less, less rest, less rest, less rest. And they would uh -huh. accuse me of interval squashing, the interval squasher, you know, so it was like one of those where it's like, how about you give some more rest? So it was like, you know, and as I did that, then, you know, I, I really saw like how much more effort they could give on stuff. And like, it really kind of was like fired me up to see how fast they could go on some, some certain sets. So, I mean, I would say probably there was a set of 10 fours, 10 400s free, where I remember it was just like, they're looking at it and I'm looking at it going, uh-oh, <laughs> this is not going to go well. And Bob was away at the time. So he was just kind of giving me some freedom at that time. And I'd tell him the results. And he's like, you know, Bob was very, again, very understanding and very easy to work for with that. And, you know, he, I would tell him the results. And he's like, well, how did that go? And I was like, well, could have gone a lot better. <laughs> could have given him some more rest. So, it was, uh, so I appreciate Michael for kind of helping me as well, kind of helping me grow as a coach. So, yeah.
Well, and then, you know, you, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big NBA fan and you kind of, you know, you have those athletes who have such a, such a high IQ for the sport. Yeah. Right. And they talk about that in basketball a lot. And it seems like, you know, obviously greatest swimmer of all time. He, he probably has a pretty high IQ for, for oh. the sport and kind of knowing how to train, how to race, things like that. Yeah. You know, it was amazing in terms of like, People say, well, you know, you know, Coleman, they say, you know, what was like, they asked, what was it like coaching Michael? Or what was it like working with Michael? What was he like, you know, really good at other than like what everybody saw in the Olympics? It's like Bob could give him a workout and he knew it's like if it was a descend set, like he knew exactly how to descend where, you know, it, generally speaking, normally, not every single time, but generally speaking where he knew like I could start here where it wasn't too slow, it's not too fast, and it's just like a really good quality like all the way through on the descending set. And I've never seen anybody like that to be able to do that. Like he knew exactly where to start. He knew exactly where to end. So it's like the amount that he got out of each set was incredible. You know, and, and you know, we've had a lot of really other good, you know, really good athletes. You know, Yannick was also pretty good with that, you know, but, you know, it's amazing the, the ability for, you know, the highest level swimmer like that to be able to feel out how to do a set and, you know, and I'm not sure, you know, again, how do they learn how to do that? You know, people talk about, you know, Michael and Bob have mentioned it before, just how he never missed workouts. It's like, that's how I think you learn. I don't think you're born with it. I think it's one of those like swimming IQ things that you develop over time, just to just gain from experience. And once you learn how to do it, Coleman, it just opens up all these possibilities for your training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, <clears throat> he was what competing for, you know, 20 years. Uh Yeah. I think, yeah, you, you pick up a few things, I'm sure, but that's, that's really cool. Pretty incredible to hear. Um, yeah. With, with that crew, I'm sure there was numerous workouts where you were amazed. Do you, you know, do you have one or two where at the end of the workout, your jaw was just on the floor? Oh, I mean, amazing. You know, there was a set, there was a set, Yanni, you know, Yanni Adon, Agnel, Agnel. And um, we were just, I had it actually on tape. Uh, like, I'm, I'm upset right now because I had it on my phone. And I think I dropped my phone in a pool at some point in time. But I lost <laughs> the video. Where it was like, we watched him. We watched him in a brief. And we talk about it now. It's like Keenan and, and Bob. Where it's like, he pushed at the end of a set. You know, he pushed a 44, you know, second 100-yard free at the, end of a, at the end of a set. Where he literally took, it was like six strokes a lap. And it was just like, I'd never seen anybody do it with that level of proficiency. And that speed and like in a brief and like, and this is like a shallow NBAC indoor pool. Like I can remember it now, like where, you know, I was just amazed. So that was like one like that, like he could do stuff like that. That was just incredible. And there was another day where we were out there doing long course one fifties and him and Connor, you know, and MP were doing these one fifties, you know, freestyle. And they were like, again, I think, I think we had a suit on, but they, you know, yeah, we had definitely had a suit on that day and um, they were pushing like, 119, 120, 100, you know, meter long course freestyle 150s, like at the end of a set where I was just like, what am I watching right now? Where am I? And I'm just like looking around, like pinching myself. It's like one of those where you realize it. And it's like, God, I hope I never take this for granted because it was truly a special time. We're just watching these guys rip things off. And it's like, you know, there were like, Coleman, there were so many like that. But those are some of the ones where I'm, where I'm just like amazed, like witnessing this, you know, and just, uh, how fast they were going. And, and I, I definitely think they fed off of each other and, and brought out the best in each other on those days. Yeah. And so you also hear about 
how that's kind of the opposite. You know, you mentioned that they couldn't recover because they were so competitive. Were there times when you had to separate them because it's just like, okay, well, if they're near each other, they're, you know, they're going to fight to the death. Yeah. You know, and it was like, cause they're so like, you know, uber competitive. So there, there were days, yes, where, you know, where we were fortunate that Connor Dwyer was still racing, you know, the IM at the time, like he was still doing a pretty good four IM. Like he was still doing a really, obviously a world-class two IM. So we would pull Connor out. We would pull MP out. Chase would go over there. You know, Tom Luxinger could do fly and we'd pull all these guys out and they would do IM sets while like, you know, Yanni would, you know, do some freestyle yet. Um, you know, Matt McLean would do freestyle with them. So they would kind of do it, but it wasn't like, you know, what it is when it's just like, you're just look, you're just looking around your head's on a swivel going, Mike, you know, where is everybody coming from? You know? And it's like, <laughs> so we were able to do that and they would go do an IM workout, you know, or they would do something like that where Bob was really, really good at trying to feel that out and do that, you know, and kind of like, he would get a sense that they were maybe overreached that, you know, like a Wednesday or Thursday and he would say, all right, you know, Biggie, you go over and take the IMers today. I'm going to sit on the freestylers or you take the freestyle men and with the, with the distance women and you go run a freestyle set with them. And I'm going to take these guys over here and do an IM set where we're, we're trying to do that. But it was so, it was so hard. Cause even like, even on days like that, you know, it was like in the smaller, like kind of split groups, they were still finding ways to compete. They were still finding ways to, to go at it. And, you know, it was just amazing. So. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine a group like that. And so then, what were you you helped with that and then were you also coaching like the club team as well yeah so like on a typical day like that people say what was NBAC like for you back in the day like so literally we would get there we would have the high school kids practice in the morning three times a week so they would go from 5 45 to 7 the pros would go from 7 to 8 30 8 45 something like that so I was on deck in the mornings for like three hours and then literally in the afternoon the pros would come back from 1 45 at 1 45 p.m and then I would literally coach the pros and then we would have like two two of the next level high school groups after that uh-huh. so i would be off deck at like i don't know eight o'clock so it was like five forty-five to like eight you know seven or eight thirty in the morning and it would be from like 145 to almost eight o'clock and we just did that every single day and mbac <laughs> was one of those clubs coleman that you think sunday's a day off no 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 there's no day off you're you know so i was in there at the high school groups on sunday you know sunday morning you know so You'd have, you have to love the sport, Coleman, and, and you, you can only, you know, I feel like you can do that for a certain amount of years before you, you start to, you know, obviously need, you know, look for something else and search for, you know, whatever, whatever else is out there. So I think that's kind of, you know, what kind of led me to college coaching in Penn State and stuff like that. So. Sure, yeah. So, you know, I think we've always heard that anecdote that, you know, from 04 to 08 or from 2000 to 08, Phelps never took, you know, a single day off. You swam on Sundays, you swam on holidays. How, how, you know, did, did these high school kids swim seven days a week always, or was that just kind of depending on your situation or was Sunday more of a makeup day? What, you know, how, how, break down the Sunday swim for me. Yeah. The Sunday swim for, for our normal, you know, high school athlete was just a recovery day. It was, they would come in for, you know, an hour and a half, maybe max hour 15, you know, it was more of a recovery day. We weren't doing a lot of volume. It was, it was all pretty much all drills, you know, it was nothing super hard, you know, and that was one of those where it was not mandatory. Sunday was never mandatory. I think, you know, they always felt it was kind of maybe expected, you know, but it was never mandatory. Um, 
and yeah, if they, you know, if they miss the day or, you know, we obviously, we had a lot of individuals, Coleman, that would, that would drive in from like 20 minutes away or 30 minutes away. Like, you know, Coleman Stewart was the one that came down from York, you know, and Coleman okay. couldn't, you know, Coleman couldn't make the morning workouts. So like, you know, Coleman was pretty much just doing singles, you know, in the afternoons that he would come on Sundays. Like he would go seven days a week just because, you know, he wasn't doing very many mornings or consistently doing mornings you know, because of the drive. So Coleman would do it, you know, and, um, but, uh, you know, for our kids who lived in the areas, like, you know, if they were beat up, take off Sunday or, or they had a miss do Sunday. So it was like, it was never one that we had, you know, full attendance on. Gotcha. And so how far is that for, from York for, for Mr. Coleman Stewart? Coleman was, Coleman was driving, you know, Oh, Coleman's going to if Coleman watched this and I, I still, you know, time to time I touch base with him, but it's like, he'll correct me. I'm going to say it's probably about, let's say it's about an hour. We'll say it's about an hour. I don't know what it is like going home because it's probably a little longer, but yeah, Coleman, mm -hmm. Coleman put some miles on that car. I'll tell you <laughs> him and his brother, his brother Noah swam for a year as well. So they were, they were putting some mileage on the old Stewart vehicle. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's dedication. <laughs> it is dedication. Coleman was, I think he, I think he was driving the farthest. So. Mm -hmm. um, Sierra, Sierra Rungi also drove a, you know, Sierra also drove a fair amount okay. as well. Um, but, uh, I think Sierra ended up getting a place, um, near Baltimore for a couple of years, but Sierra drove a fair amount in the beginning too. So she gets Sierra and Coleman get the, they're the two PA kids. They get the, they get kind of the, the gold star for that one. So. <laughs> and, well, you know, we, we, we see how that works paid off for both of them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so after Bob left, how, how much longer were you at North Baltimore? Oh, I did the year, I did the year right after, because Bob left in 15. So I took, I took the, I took the team through the 15, 16 season, all yeah. the way through the Olympics. And, you know, we had some postgraduates in the area. Um, a girl who I actually went to the Olympics with, um, Anna Bognanowski, who swam at um, Johns Hopkins. She was taking a year off and she was still in the area. Um, it was training for that. And then obviously Lotta was still there, you know, and, and we had a couple of high schoolers as well that mm -hmm. stayed and trained during that time, you know, so, you know, it was just one of those where I, I was at a point where, you know, it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to stay for these guys and, you know, to, to ease the transition. But, you know, for me, obviously at that time, I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. And, you know, I had my eye on college coaching by that point in time. So, um, you know, it was just a natural transition, you know, and I could kind of, help the team out, you know, during that year, you know, as I kind of saw, you know, kind of had the opportunity to kind of see what else was out there. Gotcha. Yeah. And so what, you know, what was it, was it much of a change for you transitioning to, to the actual head coach um, yeah. of, that, of, of North Baltimore for that year? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, club programs are all set up differently and, and um, we did not have a big board of directors at that time as it was the NBAC kind of tradition. So it wasn't like I was working for a traditional board. So it was kind of like a mix between coach, coach led and, and, you know, a small board. So it was one of those where, you know, they, they expected you to kind of get the, get the work done. And, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot more administrative things that you have to do as a head coach that I don't miss now <laughs> as, a, as a college head coach, kind of, kind of a lot more spread out. I'm sure Yuri gets it but as a college assistant coach, you don't get that. So um, there's a lot more things there behind the scenes that I kind of had to navigate through. Um, but again, I, I had that at Park, when I was at Parkland High School and Parkland 
aquatic club. That was stuff I had to do, you know, then. So I was kind of prepared for when, you know, Bob was, you know, Bob made the move to college then. So. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then you you do make the move to college. You you go to Penn state for a couple of years and yeah, again, tell me about the transition. You know, you said you had been interested in college. Did you enjoy that change of scenery? Yeah, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, Coleman, because now I'm, you know, I don't know how many of us there are that have gone from primarily as a club coach to college. I know Coley and, you know, some others, you know, have done it, but it's like people think, you know, college coaching is less work, club coaching is more work. It's like I've done both. I've done both at a head coaching level and, you know, and um, I think both, both club and college coaches work extremely hard at what they do. And I, but I think it's different. Like you're going to spend your – your time and energy on this, or you're going to spend your time and energy on this. It's just different, but the workload doesn't change. So I knew coming to college, it wasn't going to be like less work, you know, or it wasn't going to be more work. It's just different. You know, obviously with college recruiting, you can do that from home. You can make calls at night. It's not like, you know, physically on deck, you know, you're not as on deck as much. And I definitely don't miss the, those marathon ABBC meets that we all used to do on the weekends and stuff like that. I definitely much enjoy the, the two hour college meets, two to three hour college meets. So, um, you know, but it was one of those where from, you know, I, you know, we had one of our two daughters then, and it was one of those where if I didn't have to spend as much time on deck, that was a huge positive for me going to making the move to club coaching. Cause like I said before, I knew when I was going to be a father that I wasn't going to be able to spend the MBAC hours necessary. I wouldn't be able to do that and be a dad. Mm -hmm. You just couldn't do it at a high level and be, you know, be a good father, be a good, you know, role model for your kids you just can't do it you know at the level you know something you know people talk about balance all the time I'm not sure that it actually exists because you're always going to pull away from something else so I knew that I wanted a position where it's like you know and a job where I could like still devote time to time and energy into coaching and being on deck but also having more time at home with them and being able to kind of spread my work out in a different way so that's kind of where you know when Penn State became available and you know the coach there went down to I think it was Duke. I think Doke went down to Duke and, you know, that kind of opened up and it was kind of, you know, the right timing for me and to be able to stay around, you know, my family in Pennsylvania, my, my parents, Stevie's parents, my wife, you know, it was just, it made, you know, it was a perfect, you know, solution at that time. So. Yeah. Um, t- t- I mean, tell me about your first, your first year at Penn state. I think after your first year, after, after your first or second year um, was when, uh, when Allie McHugh won nationals in the four IM. Um, but, uh, you know, t- tell me about your time at Penn state. What would you learn as a college coach? How did, how did you react to coaching that team coming from, you know, the club at North Baltimore? Oh, certainly it was, it was a lot different, you know, in terms of the athletes, you know, cause I think, you know, we're at NBAC. It's like, you know, there are a certain group of, athletes that that want that and seek that type of environment out for their club experience you know so I think you know there's a uh, you know a like-mindedness to the athletes that that we were working with both professionally and in the high school levels um, that I think you would adjust for you know going to a university setting but I think you know again you know one thing you're never prepared for Coleman is the NCAA rule book that (laughs) might as well be a boat anchor you know, in terms of the amount of looks like a science textbook you, you had in college, you know, so it's like trying to navigate all that and learn even the basic rules. You know, I think I was scared. I, I, no, I was scared. Like when I took my first NCAA compliance test, because it's like, all right, here we go. 
here we go. How am I going to look at all this? And they're like, well, take the practice test, you know, and you don't realize how much the practice test helped that you can take online before you do that. So like, just do the practice test and you'll be fine. And, you know, Steve Barnes, one of the assistant, the longtime assistant coach there, he was very helpful, you know, super intelligent, super empathetic to kind of leading me along. So, you know, Steve kind of helped lead me and guide me, you know, in terms of like how to do that and navigate through all that. And, you know, and then getting to meet the team was, it was fun, you know, getting to see all the kids from throughout the country and, and you know, we had some international athletes and getting to learn how to work with them and, you know, and kind of work within the 20 hours, you know, was, was, you know, was good for me as well. Kind of, you know, when you're in the club environment, you can do whatever you want, as long as you want, essentially, obviously within, you know, basic parameters, but it was like, all right, what do I really need? What can I cut out here? And then obviously I couldn't just take the workouts we were doing at NBAC and apply it to a college environment. So again, I was very much learning how to coach again when I went to college and, you know, how much can they do and still be effective? You know, where should we put in like some easier days and how much volume should we do? So it was like, even when I came to college, it was like, it reminded me of being at NBAC again, my first year, it's like learning how to coach again. So, you know, what we were doing with Allie, you know, was not what I was doing with, you know, G and some others, you know, and, you know, Becca Mann as well, who, you know, was really good at that time and not doing, you know, what we were doing with them and like, all right, kind of like, you know, learning how to navigate that. So I think that's what I learned the most, obviously at, at Penn State Coleman was I was trying to learn how to be a coach again, you know, kind of reinventing myself for what's going to work for this level of athlete, what's going to work for, you know, in terms of like age. Now it's like, it is different coaching 18 to, or 18 to 22 year olds. And it is 15 to 17 year olds, 15, 18 year olds. So trying to have, trying to navigate, you know, that level, you know, so that's what Penn State was for me. It was just learning how to be a coach again. Yeah. What, what were a couple of those things that you kind of learned to reinvent, um, you know, in terms of how, how are you running your practices uh, differently compared to at North Baltimore? You know, for, you know, my first year there, we were obviously, you know, the volume and the intensity were both, were both taken down, you know, and, and that was one of those where, you know, Bob had kind of, you know, cause he had been in college before and he was going through some, some of the same stuff that Arizona state, he had kind of, he was helping me out a lot, you know, my first year at Penn state saying, Hey, you know, start a little slower, less volume, less intensity, you know, more, more technique work, you know, in the very beginning and, and kind of do a lot more of the fundamentals that maybe we weren't doing as much of at the very end at NBAC with, with some of these, some of those athletes, just because we had already done it years before that, you know, it's, you know, with a whole new group of kids, mm-hmm. you know, so it was that, it was very much like, all right, how little can we do in the beginning, you know, and trying to say, all right, where do I think we're going to end up in six, you know, in five months, six months in terms of like, where would you like to take this volume wise and intensity? Where do you think you're going to be at the peak and trying to imagine what that would be? So, you know, I definitely, my first year came in, started, started a little, little slower and I was happy I did that because I definitely think we got a lot out of that year in terms of the progress we made. I definitely didn't need to do as much. And then, you know, I definitely think you saw that with Allie in terms of like, you know, how far she got year two, it's because we didn't have to do as much year one. And, um, you know, we were able, we had a place to go with the training. It wasn't like, all right, we're here. What are we going to do here? I don't, you know, so it was like one of those where we could like, I had places, you know, we had places to go in training and areas that we can increase. Cause I think that's what you're trying to do when you're trying to get athletes to go faster is you're trying to gradually stress them and, and, you know, and then let them recover and then stress them some more. And you're trying to do that over the course of a year. And, you know, so I was happy. And that's kind of one of, you know, some of the things we did in terms of sets that we were able to kind of gradually build in. And then year two, where we had some more success 
you know, some different athletes, you know, I think, you know, that, that was kind of the approach that we took and, you know, that those years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, you know, year two, we saw Ali McKee really break out on the national stage at summer nationals in 2018. Was there, was there a workout for her where you were kind of like, Oh, the, leading up to that meet where, where you, you kind of the light bulb clicked and you're like, this, this could be really good. Yeah, you know, there was one before I'd taken the Wisconsin job. There was one we did in May. I still have it that where it was like it wasn't even that long of a set. It was like I stole it from I stole it from Bruce Gemmel because Bruce has been another guy that you know, Bruce again, I could you know, if I had more time, you know, tell about talk about all the different coaches that have influenced me over time. Mm-hmm. But I know Bruce for so many years, so he and I've been comparing notes. But it was one day where we did like we did twelve two hundreds freestyle yards. And they were on 205. And we had them broken up in groups of four. And it was like, you know, four kind of where we started moderate, four that were kind of like moderate hard, and four, you know, and four that were go as hard as you can. They were all on 205. And I think I gave her like 30 seconds break in between the groups of the groups on 205. Okay. You know, and for her, it was like the last group for her at that time. So this was, again, after her second kind of year with me, you know, and she has done obviously some better stuff since then. But at that point in time, we had the last group of, four and 205 I think she was like 152 153 153 152 you know in yards so it was like pushing you know at the end and I think the group before that she was you know on 205 she was like 54s 55s and then she started out I think 56 57 on the first group so there was like a good quality all the way throughout that set you know yeah. so then I was like you know I was watching some of the earlier rounds going well she's either feeling good and this is going to be this is going to be something I'm going to really feel good about down the line or this is going to be you know you know, just gonna be like, move on to tomorrow. <laughs> Moving on to tomorrow. Right. Moving forward, baby. On to tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be better. But no, she had like kind of taken that and kind of going all the way through that. Yeah. And I was like, I think I walked up to the, you know, Penn State has two pools in there. I think I walked up to Steve and I was like, Steve, I was like, I think my job here is done. You know, it was only May, but I was like, I think we're in a good spot in May, and and I don't think there's too much that I can do to, you know mess her up at that point in time because that's all I would be able to do I was like she's in a great spot here we just got to ride this out for another two months I knew all the hard work had been done I knew we were kind of entering a phase where you know it wasn't going to be as you know be as hard you know and I think shortly after that she went up to an altitude camp up in up in Colorado and you know there's another set up there where you know people say well how did she know where we she was doing some stuff with Leah Smith up there you know Leah was in our Leah's been in our altitude camp and honestly Leah is great you know, Leah's one of those ambassadors of USA Swimming where, you know, Leah was up there, Allie was there, Allie was doing some sets with Leah threshold-wise, you know, and I don't even remember the set now, but she had actually, like, you know, passed Leah at the end. You know, and Leah's like, you know, Leah had come up to me, and Leah was like, you know, I, I think she's going to be pretty good. I think she's going to be pretty good. Then the summer, I was like, Leah, it's going to matter more coming from you than it is for me. I was like, you, you tell her. You tell her how, you know, Leah actually, at the end of that workout, Leah took her aside, and Leah, like, you know, said, hey, Allie, you can, you know, keep working hard. Yeah, it was a really good set. You know, we were going really fast because I think Allie wasn't really, you know, understanding how fast they were actually going in Colorado at that time. You know, she first experienced kind of at altitude. And I think, you know, Leah, Leah kind of telling her, hey, you could be good. And that Leah was somebody that she looked up to that, you know, that she finally got it then. And that was all in the span of a couple of weeks there in May, you know, of 2018. So, yeah, which, which is awesome to hear and, and agreed 100%. Leah Smith, one of the great ambassadors of our sport, yeah. just such such a great role model, such a great athlete, and 
um, yeah, to have a story like that, to have an experience like that, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure that could change a, certainly an, an up and coming athlete's perspective yep. on himself. Yeah. When you have somebody with a, an Olympic medal and you have somebody that everybody knows and is respected and now they're saying, Hey, you can be pretty good, you know, much like anything else. Like I think you see it in professional sports when like a LeBron James tells, you know, a first year NBA rookie, you know, who's got promise, you're going to be pretty good. When LeBron's telling you something and when like, like somebody like Aaliyah Smith or Katie Ledecky is telling you something, it's like, it always means more than coming from the, the it always means more coming from a coach. So <laughs> always. Oh yeah. Which, which makes sense. And, uh, but that, that's very cool. Um, and so, so now you're at Wisconsin, you've got a group of postgrads, you've got your, your collegiate kids. Tell, tell me a little bit about um, making that transition from Penn State to Wisconsin and how that's gone for you so far. Oh, it's been great. You know, honestly, you know, working for Yuri is, is exactly what, you know, I hoped it would be. I mean, you know, Yuri is just like everybody knows. Yuri is so in tune to everybody's emotions and he's so empathetic and he's been good for me as a father first and foremost, up and above, uh, you know, somebody to work for is like a college coach, even though I've learned a lot from Yuri. He's, you know, he's, he's my friend and my peer, you know, I've learned a lot from him, but Yuri is such a, you know, he's so in tune to what we need, you know, as a staff and as individuals that, you know, he, he has done such a great job navigating all that. And then, you know, Yuri came in and we thought our new pool was going to be done. And then, you know, now it's like, it's taken another year here. We're optimistic, you know, we're filling, we're filling the water. We're filling the pool right now, Coleman. We're, we're filling it right now as we speak. So right. it's happening soon, man. But like to see Yuri navigate through all that, you know, and I mean, honestly, he's, Yuri's amazing. And I think we all have such deep respect for him as a staff, you know, for what he's had to do the last two years. And, you know, I, I know he's going to be, you know, very successful, you know, and he's going to have a super successful program here moving forward. And it's going to be something that the state's going to be proud of. The city of Madison's going to be proud of the big 10, obviously, you know, we're going to, we're building something amazing here, you know, and honestly, if I was, if I had, you know, if my girls were older, if they were not five and three, I would, I would want, you know, my child to go and, and swim for somebody like Yuri because he's going to be somebody that they're going to go to when they're having issues outside of the water, when things are going well, when things are not going well, you know, and he's the type of person that, you know, and that trickles down to the rest of us you know, in terms of he sets that bar so high for us in terms of like, you know, what, what we're doing. And it's fun to come to work. You know, we have so much fun, you know, Christy King and, and Jenna Haney and Trevor Maida, you know, they're such a great group of people to work with and all of our support staff as well that it, it was, again, from what I needed at this point in time to work with such an energetic staff. And I think, you know, we finally starting to hit our stride, you know, recruiting wise as well. You know, we appreciate you guys rating our classes so highly last year. We're excited about you know, our, our up and coming classes and where we're going right now with the program. And now, like I said, you know, our new pool is being filled as we speak. So hopefully we'll have that up on the gram soon, you know, here in the next, you know, week or so to kind of get that up there. So it's just so many, so many positive things moving forward, despite everything that's going on in our society that it's like, you know, we have something to feel good about. And honestly, it's like home and it's like, you know, we've tried it. We've navigated through an eight lane pool, you know, for the last two years. It's like, we are so excited to have, you know, the, what we feel is a world-class facility that's about ready to open up here. So. Absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, everyone who's got ever gotten a new pool <laughs> knows the excitement <laughs> of, I am so ready <laughs> to get in this water. You don't know how many times we're like, come on, man, let's go. Let's get in that new pool. There were so many times that we thought we were getting a little closer and, you know, like any new construction man, things happen, you know, and I think we, we were kind of in tune to 
things happening. So let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's dive in for the first day. And I think our student athletes are ready to go as well. So we can't wait to get that final go ahead here in the next couple of weeks. So. So to, to, to wrap this conversation up, you know, moving forward into the next few months, certainly into the end of this, this calendar year, you know, with, with Big Ten announcing they're postponing, I think all fall sports, uh, I think, yeah. um, you know, obviously that could have a ripple effect into swimming. What are you guys thinking right now heading into the next few months? W- what's your plan just kind of taking things day by day? Um, how are you guys reacting? Um, to 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 all this change that is is still uh, a pretty big question mark. Yeah, you know, it's one of those where it's like the first steps will be, you know, getting our, our student athletes back on campus. It's like let's get them into classes first, you know. And, and as much as we love to be in the pool, you know, what we want is the best for them. Let's get them into classrooms. Let's get them going to class. Let's get let's let's check off that first. Let's let's have first day of in person classes. Let's have that happen. You know what I mean. And then let's, let's move on to, let's, let's move on to a week. Let's get a week of classes done. Let's get a week on campus being done. I think, you know, you saw, you know, UNC, you know, kind of run into some of those issues, you know, with their students on, you know, and, and again, I understand that, you know, and that's, so let's like, let's try to get through a week. Let's see if we can get through a week and still, you know, keep, you know, everything and, you know, moving forward, you know, Mm -hmm. and if we can do that, then it's like, all right, Let's get our student athletes back in the water. Let's, let's reintroduce them to the pool. You know, a lot of these guys haven't had consistent work since March. So it's like, let's get them back in the water. Let's, let's, let's remember how much fun swimming is. And let's get them back in the pool. And that's like, you know, we'll start out low key, you know, and then let's, sorry, let's get a, let's get a practice done. Let's, let's, you know, you know, one of Yuri's favorite sayings is let's go one and oh, we're trying to go one and oh every day. You know, we're trying to go one and oh with different things. You know, I think, He's a big Washington Nationals fan, and I think that was one of their things when they won the World Series this year. So that's kind of something that we adopted this past year at Wisconsin. So let's go, let's go one and zero, and let's try to go. Let's get a bunch of one and zeros, and you know, and let's try to move forward. And I think that's kind of where we're headed. And 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 if things come up and and we kind of we're not able to do that, then then fine. Then as a group, as a family, let's then we'll reassess and you know we'll establish new guidelines, you know, and new parameters. Then we'll try to move forward from there. It's like we're always you know. One of our sayings at Wisconsin Coleman is forever forward, you know, and, and we're forever moving forward. And I think that's kind of a mindset that, that we're trying to have, you know, with our own team and trying to, you know, move, you know, forever forward at Wisconsin. And I, I think that's what we're trying to do and on a daily basis. So that's kind of where we're headed in the next couple, couple days, couple weeks, couple months. And, you know, hopefully we can get back to some, you know, our normal way of life here, you know, soon in, in our country. So, yeah. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me for a little bit. It's It's been fun. It's been certainly fun hearing about <laughs> some of the athletes you coach, but I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, anytime. And thank you guys for doing this. Such a great thing for our sport, not only for the coaches and, and swimmers. I mean, I'm hopping on and I'm always learning new stuff from you guys and, and Mel. And, you know, I hope you guys can keep, keep doing what you're doing because it's such a, a great thing for our sport right now. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right, Coleman. Hey, man, best of luck. Keep moving forward. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Take care. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.